Bathshebeth, the Tachmanite. You're going to have to know that. Chief among the captains, he was called Adono, the Esnite, because he killed 800 men at one time. Now, let's slow down for a moment and think about this. Say, wow. Bruce Lee has never done that. Jet Lee has never done that. As a matter of fact, out of all of our superheroes, there ain't anybody. This is not a joke. Let's read it because it is a reality, but he didn't just kill 800 guys. He killed 800 guys that have swords and are trying to kill him. Now, you can't read that without going, that's not normal. It's not normal. Christianity is not difficult. It is impossible. Our Bible is an impossible book without God. It is. It actually is. Now, when you think about this, when you're reading this, 800 guys at one time, there's something going on here not normal. Now, I've got to tell you the story. I used to fly into the Caribbean preaching the gospel. Well, there was a teenage boy that I started harassing. I did it, my fault. And I started picking on him. And he got to where he was afraid to sleep at night because I kept teasing him I was going to jump on him. Well, we finally got into a wrestling match in the living room. Now, at that time, I was a very young, 40-something, 50 years of age. It didn't take that boy but about 45 seconds to wear me out. So, I won the fight. I know you want to know that. Because I picked him up and body slammed him and knocked his breath out and pinned him. I had about 15 seconds of fight left. That's one kid. I can't even imagine 799 more of them coming at me. That's why when you get older, you carry. Too old to take a whipping. All right. So when we're reading this, this is a true story. This is not a joke. This man actually did this feat. I'm going to read another one. I want you to think. We're going to get real serious. After him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo. Don't, well, you're going to meet him in heaven, and you're going to have to know this. Are you the Dodo? I'm the Dodo. If he's big and strong, you don't want to be a smart aleck. The Ahohite, one of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle, and the men of Israel retreated. That means he got into a fight, and everybody left him. You're going to find out when you get in a faith fight, you're going to lose your friends. A lot of times your friends are going to leave until you everything gets good again. He arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. Now, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. I thought Eleazar did that. I mean, wait a minute. Let's... Who, who has got the sword? Say Eleazar. But yet the Bible is telling us that God did it. All right, we're going to read one more. 
I want you, when you leave here today, I want you to become pregnant with this thought. God has never done anything in this earth apart from his church. He does not move independent of you. Now sit and think about that. Now now listen to me very carefully. Nine-tenths, if not higher, Christians do not know what I just said. Because they're praying and waiting on God. And I'm not saying that prayer is wrong, and I'm not saying that waiting on God. But the way we've been taught it is that God is going to move independent of you. He is not going to do that. And I'm going to prove that to you. I'm going to show you. Smith Wigglesworth said something, and don't balk. Don't, 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 don't. I don't want to lose you. He said, if God doesn't move, I move him. Now, a lot of people say, wait a minute, God's already moved. Father, son, but what about the Holy Ghost? When, when we, see, we make blanket statements in church. Well, you can't move God with your faith. No, you can't. And, you, and Jesus has finished his work and sat down. But where is the Holy Ghost? He's inside of you. God, not only, he did something extremely powerful. He wanted so much to help you. He's not helping you from the outside like Jesus. He's helping you from the inside. All right. Now, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's, let's read one more. Are you all ready? All right. After him was Shema, the son of Agi, the Herorite, The Philistines gathered together into a troop, and there was a piece of ground full of lentils. What in the world is he dealing with a piece of ground full of lentils? It's his lentils. Now, now listen listen to what I'm going to say very, very carefully. Here's a man that every time he plants a field, the enemy steals his food. And one day he went, I'm sick and tired of you stealing my beans. They're after his wealth. They're after his livelihood. This man man has been plowing and working and watering all year. And now someone's going to come rip him off. So I want you to listen to this one statement. Faith has an attitude. Listen, you've got to learn this. Faith has an attitude. There, there must come into your soul. I am not going to stand here and have the devil rob me of my health and my family and my kids any longer. I'm not going to tolerate it. I'm going to plant myself right here in the middle of my house and I'm going to open up my Bible and I'm going to get the Word of God out and I'm not going to put up with this anymore in my life. Do you understand? I'm not. Now, what you and I, what you, I want you to understand that God does not move apart from you until you get the attitude he's not doing anything about it. If, uh, this... Uh, there's a guy by the name of Kenneth E. Hagen. Came off of the deathbed as a teenager. 
And when he got his own victory through faith, the Lord told him, go teach my people faith. There's more in the Bible than faith. There's a lot more in the Bible than faith. But this one area, the church has missed it so bad. And we have good people, good, sick Christians, good, defeated, good, broke Christians, good people. Their families are going to hell around, good people. And God told Kenneth, they can go teach them faith. It's not the only subject, but it's a subject. But he didn't tell everybody to do it, but he told him to do it. So it doesn't become the subject, but it's a subject. And it's a subject that the church still doesn't understand. Now, I'm going to say something and I'm going to qualify a statement. And I want you to hear me. You will never get the knowledge of God just sitting in a church Listening to someone teach you Bible, nor reading a book or listening to a CD. You, you and I must learn to cooperate with the Holy Ghost. Now that's, that's foreign. That's foreign to people. I'm going I'm to show you something in a little while and show you why that is. And I'm going I'm I'm to help you. I mean, when I leave here today, you're going to go, I got this. I got this. My days of being defeated are done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not, I'm not going. And you will know that you know that you know you're not sitting here waiting on a God that is going, okay, what do you want to do today? Let's see. Who do we want to heal? Uh, yeah, let's heal them. Oh, yeah, then let's heal them. And that's the mindset Christians have. God just kind of randomly picks people like the lottery and they go home blessed and other people will maybe next week. Well, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church, but it's all right. Are y'all getting this? Would you like to know that you can actually find the switch and turn the lights on? I mean, I understand that if you have a bedroom and you have the old string... And someone says, well, I don't know how to turn the light on, but if you'll go in there and jump around every once in a while, the light comes on. Well, that's fine. But you can actually find that string and pull it. You can gain victory when you want it to. That's foreign. That's foreign to Christians. So I'm going to say something now, and I want you to hear me. I've been doing this a long time. This is not my first rodeo. The reason I brought Shekinah glory in here was to teach you to work with the Holy Ghost. It's, we didn't just run aisles and jump pews, dummy. Breathe. There's a reason you're not getting your prayers answered. There's a reason. God is in you. This scripture says God brought about a great victory when he got in the field. All right. 
Now, don't get upset because I called you dummy. 1 Samuel 22. I wasn't talking to you anyway. I was talking to someone on the CD. 1 Samuel. Let's pop it on the screen. But, and I said that because, because this seems to be, I, I don't understand. There's something about the people that they have a hard time grasping the concept that faith is a law. It works all. Gravity is a law. We don't get an airplane and pray lift works. If you apply the law, it'll, I guarantee you that plane's coming off the ground. Every time. You can actually decide when you want to go in the air. You can decide when to be healed. You decide. You can decide it. And we've made it a mystery. We've made it a big mystery. It's not a mystery. David, therefore, departed from there, escaped to the cave of Abdullam, where his brothers and his father's house heard it, and they went down to see him. Verse 2. Look at this real quick. Look at this. And everyone who was in distress and everyone in debt and everyone discontented gathered to him. And he became captain over them. There were about 400 men. What kind of group is this? They're all screwed up. They're broke. They're depressed. And they're a messed up bunch of people. But they started hanging around David. What was different about David? He had been anointed. The anointing on him is what made him king. He wasn't king because he's smart. The anointing made him king. The when, when you started hanging around Jesus Christ, the anointing that was on Jesus that defeated death, hell, and the grave came on you. And God has turned the church into a group of mighty men. We should be living supernatural lives. We should be. I'm going to show you how to do this. I'm going to show you how. It's not hard. Amen. All right. James chapter 2, verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith and doesn't have works? Don't let the word work throw you. It is the Greek word corresponding actions. God is not asking you to add your works to Calvary. Jesus finished the job. But he is telling you that if you do not act on it, there is no manifestation of faith. Any time that you run into a scripture, God is going to require you to act as though it were so. What does it profit if someone says he has faith? You're sitting in church. I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. But you're sitting and you're doing nothing. Will that help you? No, it will not. Now, can your faith alone save you or deliver you? No. Look at verse 15. If a brother says, now he's using an analogy. If he's naked and destitute of food, you got a neighbor, and one of you says, well, go in peace and be warmed, and you don't give him things that are needed for body, what is that profit? In other words, if you don't physically give him something, it doesn't do any good. Faith by itself 
if it does not have with it a corresponding action, is dead. Now go to the next one. I think it says it. If someone says you have faith and I have works, show me your faith without your works. I'll show you mine by mine. Uh, Let me read it to you another way. If you say I have faith without an action, you show me your faith without actions. I'm going to show you my faith by mine. All right. So any time that God wants to do something in your life, he's got to get you to cooperate. If he's unable to get you to move, he can't. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, everybody breathe and say, I'm getting it. Just say it by faith. I'm getting it. Now I'm going to use an illustration, very natural, very easy to grab, easy to understand. We had a man that came in this church. It's been at least a year or two ago, maybe more. I'm not good with time. And he walked through the doors and he's standing in the back and he came in late on a Wednesday night. And I'm, I finished my Wednesday night service and I walked up to him and he looked at me very miffed, very upset. And he looked at me and said, tell me why God hasn't filled me with the Holy Ghost. And I, and I just looked at him and go, I don't know. I don't know why God hasn't filled you with the Holy Ghost. I don't even know who you are. I mean, I never even met you before. And you can tell he was visibly upset. And I turned around to walk away just, I mean, I don't have time for this. And I I did a dumb thing. I said, God, why hadn't you filled him with the Holy Ghost? And I just walked away and mumbled to God. And the Lord told me. So I turned around and I walked back up to him again. And I said, let me ask you a question. In Luke 11, now put up Luke 11 up there. I want to read it this time. I I think it's time for us to, for me to slow down a little bit. Luke 11, 9. If I say to you, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Amen. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened. Look at verse 10. If anyone asks, receives, he who seeks, find, he who knocks, it will be opened. If a son were to ask for bread for you, a father, would you give him a rock? Nope. If he asked for a fish, would you give him a snake? Nope. If he asked for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? No. But then if you be an evil, the word evil is the word natural. It means natural, it means you're not saved. Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Ghost to those that ask him? So here's a question. If you ask him, will he give it to you? All right. So I walked up and I said, according to Luke 11, have you ever asked God to fill you with the Holy Ghost? He said, yes. I said, did he? He said, no. I'm going somewhere. Please stay with me. And I said, so he lied. And the man said, I didn't say that. Yeah, he did. I said, you asked him to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He said, yes. I said, did he? He said, no. I said, so he lied. He said, I didn't say that. And so I asked him again, have you ever, according to Luke 11, asked God to fill you with the Holy Ghost? He said, yes. I said, did he? He said, no. I said, he lied. Now, we did this a bunch. And I know I'm sounding like a broken record to this poor man. And I know I'm getting on his nerves. But I'm getting on his nerves because the Holy Ghost is leading me to get on his nerves. Finally, he stopped arguing because he realized I'm not getting off of my train. And he said, well, I don't understand. 
I said, well, let me ask you this. If God said, ask him to fill you, and he said he would, did he? He's just hushed. I said, he said, if you ask him, he gave it to you. I said, did he? And he's just quiet. And I said, according to the Bible, he did. And then I looked at him and I said, you need to start speaking in tongues. He said, I can't. I said, you won't. He said, I can't. And I said, won't, can't, won't, can't, won't. And we did it again. We got in a little argument again. Finally, he realizes I'm not getting off of my bandwagon with him. And he said, what should I do? I said, why don't you start speaking in tongues? And he just stopped. And I said, lift up your voice and and start praying in the Holy Ghost. And he finally, I finally, I finally got him to, he got religious on me, lifted his hands, closed his eyes. Nothing in the Bible says you got to lift your hand, close your eyes. And he went. And I stopped and I said, that's tongues. He said, that's me. I said, who else would it be? All right, this is an illustration. It's very simple. When did God fill him? The first time he asked him. Why did he never have a manifestation? Because he never acted on it. All right, now listen listen to me very. You've asked for healing, and he answered. All right, now I I want you to just say this. Say this like you mean it. Say, Pastor, we love you. The reason that we have Holy Ghost meetings is I'm trying to get you to start acting like the Bible's true. I'm not, you can't move God. Listen, numb nut. He's in you. He is never doing anything apart from you. Uh, this is really not hard, but you're sitting there waiting on God. Uh, and, and I'm, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an illustration, and I'm trying to be kind. God, I, I, I've been praying. Oh, God, where are you? God. I just described 99% of all the people I've ever met to go to church. Hold on a minute. I thought he answered you. Why don't you act like he answered you? The word act. We have a book in the Bible called Acts. It's not the Holy Ghost acting. It's you acting. Uh, everybody say, I, I think I'm getting this. You hold the button. The spirit, you're a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body and you live in two realms. A natural realm and a spiritual realm. If there's joy in you, we should be able to see it. 
It says, Jesus saw their faith. How did he see faith? They were doing something. I'm belaboring this and I'm trying, I want you to get it. So you're in church and you're, uh, uh, so, well, let me, let me, let me back up a minute. But I don't feel like it. We're going to stay here a minute. I don't. Feel God. I don't feel like He loves me. And I don't feel like He answered me. And I don't feel like jumping around in a room. I don't feel. All right, well, let me, I'm gonna, uh, now, now, now let's, let's go down this and get this straight. Y- your feelings are subject to your thought processes. And it's not the other way around, guys. Your thought processes are not subject to your feelings. Your feelings are not supposed to be ruling you. So if you're, now I'm going to prove it. If I go home, and Lisa's not home yet, and I'm sitting in my chair thinking, where is that woman? She's always late. How come she hadn't got dinner? I mean, she hadn't even called me all day long. Not only that, when she left this morning, she was in a bad mood. I don't have to put up with that. What, what do you think Do you think I'm looking forward to her coming home? No, she can stay at her mama's. My mama's in heaven. But now let's turn it around. I go home and I'm sitting in my chair and I go, God, you gave me an amazing woman. She helps me with this church. She leads worship. She's beautiful. She's always taking good care of me. What do you think's going to happen when she walks in that door and goes, Hey, baby, how you doing? What's up with you? Hey, I love you. Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Lisa didn't do one thing, good or bad or anything different. She, what's, what, is, what is my, what, what's wrong with my feelings? Your feelings are subject to your thought life. The fact that you don't feel God is because you hadn't had a good thought about him in a month. You cannot sit in a church and think about the blood of Jesus washed your sins away. You cannot think about the fact that he has redeemed you back to God by the blood, given you, he wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life, filled you with the Holy Ghost, without you somebody, hallelujah, Jesus is Lord, glory to God. And your feet, you will start feeling 
like being happy. All you're telling everybody around you is you're carnal. Woo! Why did the youth come home from camp? Because God is at camp, but he ain't here. No, because we took their cell phones away. And their Instagram and all their other grams. And shoved them in the presence of God for eight hours a day. And got them thinking about the goodness of God and the love of God. And they started cooperating with the Holy Ghost. And the strength of God hit them. And they came home and they went, I don't know where God is. Isaiah 40, go over there. Say, I think, I, I think I'm getting it right now, Billy Bob. I think my days are being defeated over with right now. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by, by the word and not by how we feel about it. <laughs> Sorry. You get drunk in the Holy Ghost and you'll say anything. Is this, is, uh, is this like easy? Yeah, it's easy. It's easy. So the reason we have Holy Ghost meetings is for you to put your flesh under. And quit letting it rule you. Your feel, I, I feel, I feel. I feel, I just feel. If you will dance, he will. All right, I'm going to give you a real good illustration. Just watch me real close. Holy Spirit, speak. You know, I'm getting tired of waiting on you. I'm going to do it myself. Are y'all getting this? We're just waiting on the Lord. No, you're not. Have you ever noticed when you pray and ask God for the gifts of the Spirit? He, and you're standing in church, and he gives you a word. Thus. God, I'm feeling you wanting to say something. All I'm getting is thus. You're getting this, aren't you? You can't get all the water out of the pipe. You're going to have to turn spigot on. <laughs> Open your mouth and say thus. It, it, you're going to have to walk by faith. The rest of the water will come. It takes faith to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. That's, that, listen, that's why we have Holy Ghost meetings is to break you loose. Well, I'm not going to go down there and make a fool out of myself. You fool anyway. <laughs> that is a dumb thing to say. Because now you're going to go home waiting on victory all month. And we had it for you. 
I ain't getting up on that roof and ripping no roof off. Do you understand if we get up on that roof and they're going to sue us? Now, you guys can take him up on that roof, but if Jesus wants to heal this guy, he can come out here and find this guy. But I ain't getting up on no roof and ripping no roof off. The Bible says Jesus saw their faith. Anytime God's wanting to do anything, he's going to move you. God has never won a soul to the Lord without you talking to him. But yet the wisdom comes when you start. Are y'all getting this? All right. All right. Say, oh, I I, I got my faith out, y'all. Isaiah 40. He gives, verse 29. He gives power to the weak. Talking about people old. And those who have no might, he increases your strength. Even young people in this church will faint and fall down and get weary and utterly fail. But those who wait don't get messed up as the word waiter. Those who minister to the Lord, the word renew is the, is the Hebrew word swap. When you minister to the Lord, he swaps his strength for yours. He gives you a supernatural ability. That is why you need to sing. If you can't do anything, just sing. Are y'all getting this? Because when you start singing and you start worshiping God, he's downloading his strength so that you have a soup, you are a supernatural man dealing with a supernatural enemy, which you're going to have to beat supernaturally. And you're going to do it by doing it in his strength. And you're going to do it when you stop worrying and start singing. And and it's that simple. It's that easy. But why is it that we have such a time with this? Now, now hold on, because I'm going to show you why. Everybody say, say, show us. Uh, Say, I'm going to get it. All right, okay. When you got born again, you've got to realize that you're a three-part being. You're a spirit, and you have a soul living a body. Everybody in this room, you got this? All right, now listen to this. I'm reading from uh, Paul's System of Truth, Mark Hankins, page 39. James Stalker gives an insight into Paul's pneuma concept in his book, The Life of Paul. The nature of a man, according to Paul, consists of three sections, body, soul, and spirit. In his, man's, original constitution, these occupies definite relationships of superiority and subordination to one another. In other words, one I'm supposed to be number one, one supposed to be number two, one I'm supposed to be number three. The spirit should be supreme. The body, number three, least important. The soul occupies the middle position. But the fall disarranged the order. Everybody outside this church in the world is flesh driven. That's why they're into homosexuality, perversion, and sin. Just because you got born again does not mean you're victorious until you learn to reverse the order. 
please, the reason we have services where you actually leave home and come into a building is so somebody named the pastor will teach you how to be spiritual. To the degree you're willing to be taught, you're going to be victorious or you're going to live in defeat. Not up to God, totally up to you. Your spirit man, the real you, must take the dominant role. When your spirit man takes the dominant role, then the Holy Spirit in your spirit strengthens him and you're doing the things God said do easily. That's why you must not just learn Bible. You must learn to be led by the Holy Spirit in your spirit. The fall disarranged the order and all sin consists of the usurpation of the body or the soul in the place of your spirit. In fallen man, the two inferior sections of the human nature, which together form what Paul calls the flesh or the side of the human nature that looks toward the world and time, have taken possession of the throne of your heart and rule you and your life. People who walk in here that come out of homosexuality, most time go get back in it again. Born again, born again, Christian. Don't shout me down. People come out of here, they come out of drugs, they go back in it. People come out of sin, they come in, they, oh, I just love you, I just love you. Listen, that's good for a little while. But you need, you need to make a decision that you're going to come into church and, and learn how to walk in the spirit and not let your flesh, your flesh is always going to be there. You, I, we don't, I don't walk around pretending like I don't have flesh nature. I have one. And you've seen it. And I've seen yours, you ugly thing. I've seen your flesh. But we walk in love toward one another and quit running around pretending like the people in this church are perfect. Spiritually, you are, but you are a spirit, have a soul, live in a body. And I know that you are working on walking in the spirit. We have Holy Ghost meetings for you. Not to move God, to move you. I want you to say, Pastor, Pastor. I, I'm, I think this is pretty good. I, I know it is. I know it. While the spirit, the sight of man that looks toward God in eternity has been dethroned and reduced to a condition of inefficiency and death... Christ restores the lost predominance of the spirit of man by taking possession of it by his own spirit. His spirit dwells in your human spirit, vifying it, sustaining it in such growing strength, it becomes more and more the sovereign part of the human condition. You can actually get to the place where in six months from now, you act and walk and talk just like Jesus and totally have run sickness, poverty, and death out of your life. You do. You and that sounds almost blasphemous. You. But God's not operating apart from you. The last time he read the Bible, you, were, you had it open. The last time he prayed, you were the one doing it.
Well, I just don't know what I'm going to do. Well, why don't you start acting like the Bible's true? I mean, if you just started on something simple like singing, I don't feel like it. Shall we go down that road again? I think not. The flesh does not indeed easily submit to its lost supremacy. Your flesh goes, I ain't going to no Holy Ghost meeting. And I ain't getting up and making an idiot out of myself. And if you think I'm going to get out there and run around that church, you got another thought coming. Well, you big defeated fat baby. That's why you are screwed up. Are y'all out there or you go home? Listen, God is trying to teach you that when the Holy Ghost prompts you, there is a spirit realm. And you live in two realms. There's a spirit realm. Satan, a fly, will not land on a hot skillet. You got devil problems? Worship God. What are you doing? Stir up the gift of God that is inside of you. Stir up the gift of God that's inside of you. Who is stirring up? You stir it up. You stir it up. Are y'all getting this? It's up to you and I to decide to walk in the spirit. It's up to you and I to go flesh, shut up. I'm going to church. Shut up. I'm worshiping. Shut up. I'm singing. And shut up. I'll run if I want to run. Why? It's going to break pride off of you. Come on, y'all. I'm trying to help us. This is the number one problem in church. The number one problem in Christianity, I just read it. It's your flesh. When's the last time you went to a church where, I mean, nobody even says hallelujah? I mean, is the book of Psalms not full of shouting to God with a voice of drum? It's not their spiritual they're carnal. Amen. They're flesh ruled. That's why they're sick. Come on, y'all. I'm, I, I know this sounds hokey to the flesh, but the, but the carnal does not understand the things of God. It says he cannot. In other words, you're going to have to say, body, you just need to shut up. The flesh does not indeed easily submit to the loss of supremacy. It clogs and obstructs the spirit and fights to regain possession of the throne of your heart. Paul described the struggle in sentences of stark vividness in which all generations of Christians have recognized the features of their deepest experience. But the issue of the struggle is not doubtful. Sin, sin shall not again have dominion over those that walk in the spirit. You've got to learn to walk in the spirit. Yes. Say, I'm getting it. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> Ephesians 6.10. And, we'll, and, we'll, and we'll, we'll start. How are we doing for time? Whoa, oh, man. We got all kinds of time. What is wrong with me? Y'all, have, y'all used up so much time, you bought some back. Go to the book of Ephesians. Go to the book of Ephesians. Whew. 
I feel like I'm putting on. You are. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You lift up your voice to God. Pray in the spirit and the understanding. Oh, magnify the Lord. Put on, put on. Oh, y'all, y'all getting this. Lisa's getting it anyway. She better get it. Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on. Put it on. I don't feel. Put it on anyway. Well, yeah, I felt like I'm putting on. Put on. Put yourself in the field. He stationed himself in the middle of that field. Yes. This is so easy. Well, I feel like those charismatics are emotional. We are. I'm not denying I have emotions. But I'm not just being emotional. God is in me. I can tell you I have seen him do stuff. I know, and I know it's not me. There's a boy in the Bahamas who I was preaching on an island. And the, the day we got there, they dug him off the bottom of the ocean and pulled him up. He was dead. And they revived him and got his lungs going. And so they brought him to the crusade that night, and he was a little black guy about this big. And he comes up to me, and half of his body is paralyzed. And he walks up, and I said, hi. And he goes, hi. He's paralyzed. Now, I'm not God. But where is God? He's inside of me. I preached the word, and I laid my hands on that boy, and I cursed it. God brought a great victory that day. I came back one year later. I didn't even talk to him. Because he got, he, got, he got born again, received Jesus as Lord, prayed for his healing. Next year, this, I don't know what he ate. Lord, what would this boy eat? Because he comes back up to me. He's, he's a little taller than me. Very stately. And he said, um, do you remember me? I said, I, I don't think so. He said, well, last year you prayed for me. I said, well, who are you? He said, I'm the boy that drowned. Totally normal. God did a mighty miracle. That would have never happened had I not gone. No, I'm not. I'm not it wasn't me. I, I, didn't, I didn't heal the boy. When did he do When did God do it? When I moved. Folks, the, the church in America is stagnant. We're stagnant. We're just sitting. God wants to break us loose and fill us 
so full. When does that happen? When you build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. With psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart of the Lord. Do you understand the correlation between you and God? He has never done anything in your life apart from you. Let's go down another vein for a moment. You want more money? Give. Why? Because you're putting action to faith. The moment you do it, you don't have to pray long prayers about money. Open your wallet and just walk up and say, here's a $10 bill. Have a great day. The moment you start the process... God, you don't, have to, you don't have to talk him into his job. He's got his job down. Amen. Amen. It'll come back good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. I guarantee you. You want to be operating the gifts of the Spirit? When you're in church and he prompts you and he gives you thus, <laughs> open up your mouth and say thus. The reason that we have meetings like this is, is to get you accustomed to living in another realm. Jesus operated in a natural realm and a spiritual realm. And God has to teach you how to work with the Holy Spirit. It might be something as stupid as run. It might be something as stupid as shout. You start, you start relying on your intellect, you'll shut him down. Do not lean to your own understanding. Do not lean to your own understanding. So, does this make, no, y'all, I'm done. I'm, I'm actually done. Everybody say, I think I, I think I got this. Now, I want you to say something with me. I will never allow sickness to dominate me again. I will never allow poverty to dominate me again. And here's a big one. You ready? I'll never allow fear to dominate me again. The Bible says, fear not. Who, who is in control of whether you're afraid or not? You, you, you are. But God starts working when you start shouting. You said what, devil? Ha, ha, ha. Glory. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. Oh, glory. Woo. You, that's very spiritual. That's not a goofy person. I've had the power of God on me so strong that I've pointed at people on the other side of a room and power of God hit them. But it was always after I spent time with God. Okay. I'm trying to quit and I want to so bad. 
He never told you to be strong in yourself. If your life is dried up and Christianity has become hard, you're trying to live for God in the flesh. It's very difficult. You can't, you can't do it. So now you're going to have to go to the beach or buy yourself something new to make yourself happy again. No, you don't. Nothing wrong with those things. Go to the beach after service. You are a son or a daughter of God. You're a God man. You're a God woman. You are a supernatural person. Work with him. <laughs> Woo! Isn't this good? I'm going to pray. Father God, thank you. I, I have come out here today and just absolutely poured my heart out. Because I, I know that there's people sitting in this room that need a victory in their life. And I know the devil has messed with them. And they think they're sitting around waiting on you. Father, something as simple as them just go home and get in the middle of their house and dance in their living room and say, I will not be defeated. I'll not be sick. I'm not dying early. You're not having my family in Jesus' name. It may sound, it may appear foolish to the world, but it's not the foolish with you. Father, thank you for Shema. Thank you for Dodo guy, whatever his name is, Elizar. And how you brought a great victory that day. And I'm trusting you right now for victory in everybody in this room. Everybody in this room. I'm trusting you for victory in every single area of our life in Jesus' name. Can I tell you one more story real quick? I told y'all something one time and every one of you just flat called me a liar. I am by nature introvert. I am extremely introvert. But one day, I was listening to R.W. Schambach on the radio. I thought he was black. My two great shocks. R.W. was white and Fred, Fred Price is black. It was two great shocks. <laughs> and I listened to him on the radio and he always came on and said, Glory. 10 o'clock at night out of Gainesville, Athens, Georgia, rolls up the sidewalks at night. You can go outside, there ain't nobody outside. Ain't nobody, no car going down the road, nothing. No, when I grew up anyway. Went out there and I stood under the canopy of stars and I'm thinking about R.W. Schambach's sermon and I did something. First time I ever did it in my entire life. I shouted. I got out there and I just said, glory to God. Something broke inside of me. I walked in my house, all fear and introvert gone. Now y'all might think, that's not a big deal. Honey, 
it was a big deal to me. I didn't know that was going to happen to me. But I, that day, the boldness of God hit my spirit. And I've been running my mouth ever since. Fear is a spirit. Nobody prayed for me. I shouted it off. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Who would have thought? Isn't God cool? The promptings that are going on inside of your heart. I've had times when I'm at home and the Lord say, sing. Just sing. I've been praying and praying. He goes, stop. Just sing. Relax and sing. I just start singing. And watch God start moving. All over my house. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.